You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. Welcome to the Michigan Wild Podcast. We're just here walking around. We're gonna go set a tree stand. Don't worry, my dad's weird. He never shot a huge buck before. I just shot a freaking big buck. Get that one. Oh, you hit him. Go get that one, Henry. Right here. Yeah. Woo! The size of that deer. Alrighty, welcome to episode two of Michigan Wild Podcast. Uh, today's episode is going to be with my good friend, uh, Two Shot Tyler. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've given him over the years, and we can get into the why later probably. But, no, he's a good buddy of mine, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. We went to school together, uh, I think like sixth grade on pretty much, and we've continued our friendship through adult life. And, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself there, Tyler? I am uh, – let's see – uh, I don't know if you call it a fair weather kind of uh, outdoorsman or the kind of guy that just finds a certain niches that you want to try everything at one point and then kind of narrowing it down to the few things that you get good at or what you figure out what you want to do. But yeah, through um, hanging out with a few buddies, you know, you kind of figure out if they go out whitetail hunting and you want to try that a few times, you do that or you go duck hunting or goose hunting, you got some buddies for that, so um, through my friendships, I think that's bridged a lot of uh, opportunities for me to get in the outdoors and try a bunch of different things. But one thing I've landed on just from my family's perspective growing up was rabbit hunting for sure. Yeah, small game. You're the small game master, I would say, growing up, your dad. And you, anything to do with being outside and active, that's like your jam. Like, yeah, growing up, you didn't really whitetail hunt as much. You'd go gun hunting, but yeah, you're always like, well, I can't believe you guys would sit in a tree and not do nothing. We're, you're the guy that's exploring, that's walking, that's not afraid to put miles on. And I mean, heck, we came and ride in the truck with you and you're not looking in the field to see what's going on. So, personality wise, small game hunting definitely has fit your niche a little better. But as you've gotten older, I mean, you shot some deer last year for first you know, time in a decade that. I've shot a deer, yes. though. So, that just kind of shows you where my priorities lay. And, like he was saying, first of the year through um, March 30th, I am out rabbit hunting like, yeah, like a madman if it's... And beagles, and like, yeah, we run them, run them with our beagles. He's, you've had, I mean, how long have you had a beagle in your life? I've, I'm 32 years old, and I've never 
not had a beagle besides three years. And in that period of time, I still had someone I knew that had a beagle that I could run. So yeah, yeah, it's worked out quite well for that aspect. And just like with rabbit hunting, that's probably the, one of the bigger um, positive attributes to that is that they're prevalent and, you know, you don't have to try and worry about hurting their numbers at all because they'll be back next year if not stronger. So. Yeah, it's easy to find spots, and it's it's a good, it's good clean fun. I mean, I primarily grew up with a family full of whitetail hunters. Like, that's my jam, and that's what I did. And then my uncle did a little rabbit hunting with some beagles when I was young, like 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range. I did a little bit. And then, you know, go, becoming friends through school and all that stuff, and we all got a little older, it was like, okay, this Tyler guy, he's all about this whole rabbit hunting thing, and I really enjoyed doing that with my uncle. So I didn't really get a chance to take along until I was able to drive, I think. is once, yeah. once we had driver's licenses, changed the game with that. Entirely but, uh, for all the outdoors, yeah. Everything. So, yeah, I remember we would, you know, we would all pile in vehicles and meet up and go pick up. I didn't have any dogs at the time, but you did, and a couple of their mutual friends had some, and we – uh yeah, that was like the highlight of our winter. You're doing that kind of stuff on a weekend, and we go tramping around and go chasing rabbits, and always yeah. a good time. And I'd say that's the best part about it is the fact that you can always have people. Like you always need people essentially just to cover the ground you're hunting on. But yeah, I mean, you just call up a buddy, and if that doesn't work, call up another buddy, and if that doesn't work, you call up a third one, and then all of a sudden he comes up and says, "Oh yeah, my dad hasn't hunted in years either." So mm-hmm. is that you know you bring your dad out there too, and they'll relive the nostalgic moments and I was just talking to someone the other day about that kind of stuff. And, um, someone was telling me just like every old timer story about how tracking be- with beagles and stuff like that, you'd lose a dog and then you'd put a jacket down and then you come back the next day and then the beagle's still there. So that's changed a lot since, uh, yeah. we started, you know, we run the, uh, Garmin tracking collars. And I think that is a huge asset as far as, you know, and um, enhancing the experience and seeing how rabbits operate further rather than just listening to the dogs and kind of judging by sound. You can really track distances and patterns and kind of see, depending on what time of year it is, how big of a loop a rabbit's going to run to. So. Yeah, we've gotten pretty good at killing rabbits. Or not killing rabbits. Is, we kill rabbits, but pretty good at knowing how to kill a rabbit i guess it used yep. to be oh let's listen for the bell or you know you have no idea what your dogs are constantly yelling for them because you're just petrified they're going to be the next freaking section over or you're just jump shooting like crazy yeah 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 doing that kind of stuff but yeah the as in our adult life with electronics it's definitely been a lot uh we've seen the change and it's yeah it's it's a joy to do it now but yeah before we get i would like to touch base on how kind of our year went um i also want to kind of touch base with you like what when did you kind of start like small game hunting like was this something like i grew up watching my 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 family like shoot deer so like i tagged along and we shot deer like i knew i was gonna shoot deer when i was 12 years old and with my bow and then gun hunt i just couldn't wait for it so i did do uh some geese hunting also because like you know farm country you know alfalfa fields and oat fields and stuff like that up up north where i live now you know we get the early goose season back then and i would always be tagging along and Run, I was the dog for everyone, kind of growing up, yep. that kind of thing. So, like, my my experience was a little bit of goose hunting before deer season started. And then after that, it was pretty much it. Like, I didn't really do much after the first of the year. So, and then once I turned 12, it kind of, like, I don't know why. My, maybe my, my dad got busy with work because he's, you know, on his own business. And 
you know, living kind of far away, I kind of didn't really goose on anymore. Once I was able to, I went a couple times, shot maybe a few. Um, and I didn't really get into turkeys too much either. I shot one when I was little, but like from a killing small game, I didn't really do it, but it seems like you kind of had the polar opposite growing up. I would say, yeah, exactly that. We grew up in Belding, so there's a lot of room for, generally it was first at pheasants and then kind of switched over once pheasants started disappearing from Western Michigan. Um, my dad's always had beagles, like I said, so it was something he always did. I don't remember growing up and sitting in a stand with him for deer hunting. It was just getting out in the field and being the dog and retrieving the rabbits. And, I mean, I was doing it probably when I was like 10 or 11 years old, you know, before you could actually legally hunt. I was just out there with them doing everything else besides <laughs> that. So I got to experience it all firsthand and kind of fell in love with it because I'm out in the field with a dog. I'm out with my dad, you know, and my brother. So once we got to start hunting, it got to be a little more competitive too because how many rabbits could you shoot in a day? You know, I got my full five or, yeah, you know, you only got two or. <laughs> now, what kind of dog did you guys have when you were little? Like, is, was it a pointer or a lab? What did you guys use? For yeah, presents? we had a German short-haired pointer. My okay. dad spent a lot of money training that dog mm-hmm. to get him to be a primo uh, pheasant killer. So that's so. kind of cool that you got a little taste of the pheasant hunting because, you know, Michigan's not what it used to be. At least I know here and talking to my grandparents and stuff like that that live in this area, like there used to be pheasants abound. And now you kind of go towards the east side of the state or you got to do put and take for pheasants. So you kind of got the tail end of pheasants i mean we walk a lot of miles in our area every you know in the past few years we probably came across like two pheasants yeah (laughs) i think and i think recent when we we heard it we were like there's is that real and then you automatically go there's no way it's a wild one it's gotta be a put and take and then you hear it a couple times it's like i've been north dakota and i'm like dude i don't know like it looks the same as one out there but like i'm not versed in that but yeah it's kind of cool that you actually got to do that yeah definitely a privilege i would say because yeah, just a kid that couldn't sit still either. My dad probably saw that too and said, I don't want to sit with this guy in the stand, so I'm going to get him out and move in a little bit. So my brother was the one who turned more towards whitetail and, you know, some other outdoor activities. But, yeah, for me, working with a dog just is bar none the best. Yeah, you love dogs. Yeah. So that's, like, something that you just did at a young age. Like, you always had a dog. Like, yes, you always had a dog in your life, right? Yep. I mean, Never even thought people. twice about and not just like a dog that sits around and doesn't do anything. Like you've always had a working dog. Yep. And that doesn't and that doesn't mean you guys haven't had like five or six. You've always had one or maybe two, and that's been your jam. And like I know, you know, growing up, like being with you in high school. I mean, you had beagle dog, and that dog was every weekend. Yeah. Was running rabbits, and your dad would go after work. You know, too. So like these dogs knew how to hunt, and it was always really fun. Just like but how yeah, we so, are now. You know, I got one dog. You got two dogs. Yeah. Tony can get a dog, so you yep. get a couple people that just everyone has a beagle, and you get beagles together, and it, it it's creates, a blast. It's like deer camp. So like, so for me, I didn't like my deer camp style. Michigan's like a huge tradition place. So like, deer camp for me is just strictly close family, and maybe some, maybe a couple of really close friends. Like, we don't do a big camping trip. We just go up north to the grandparents' house, and we all kind of hang out and. You know, we the family spends the night, but then we always have certain you know relatives and people you have you you know have come over for dinner and you celebrate the you know the harvest that there is any and you all uh, get together and help clean and skin deer at night and it's just this thing. So I never had like the deer camp of like uh, we're going four hours away and we're camping and we're just gonna be you know gone for a week. It was very focused on like we're hunting spots that are been in their family for years and they're high deer quality. So like really good like experience of shooting deer so like this deer camp and not seeing anything 
wasn't for me. And, you know, you didn't really have a you, – because your dad's been just so focused. I mean, does your dad really deer hunt anymore? Did he ever when you are growing up? Not really. Once he kind of got us into it, it was like, if you guys want to do it, you know, I'll take you. But if it's not something you want to do, then yeah, we'll do he, something else. So. Yeah, and he – so, like – so for you, you didn't. If you were going to deer hunt growing up, it was go try to find a spot in Stateland or if something we knew like someone that. If you potentially. Knew someone potentially, yep. Yeah, a couple of years I got pretty lucky in hunting out in Greenville at a, a Christmas tree farm. Yep. So but we you knew didn't. Someone up there, it so. wasn't like you had this like teacher per se. Like, hey, here's this sweet farm. Here's all this stuff. A nice deer blind. Like you roughed it and yep. a high energy kid that's always been doing things. You're like, you know what? Uh, I'd rather go somewhere where I can shoot a lot, two shot Tyler, shoot at least two times. So. <laughs> but no, so like, what was your first, um, like, you remember your first small game uh, kill, I guess? Like the first thing you kind of. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It was, it was out in Kent City area, but it was just a small swale. And we were out running with our two beagles at the time. We had our, um, our older dog, Freckles, and her son, Duke, that we had from that litter of like eight or 10 dogs, but we got rid of all of them except for the one. And then we raised him underneath her cause she was a good, a really good teacher for that. And it just so happened. I looked over to the next section of the woods and I saw a squirrel over there and <laughs> I was like, dad, can I go shoot that? He's like, yeah, you know, go ahead. So I ventured over and stalked him up a little bit, but he was in a tree too. So it was pretty easy. And then I had a single shot, 410 bolt action. And put oh dang, it, put a the bolt hammer action, down. 410 yeah. single shot. Yep. That's what your dad was like, here you go, son. Like, yeah, that's what you need to this. raise on. Yeah, yeah, so I shot um, skeet and stuff like that, kind of learning how to use a gun. That was, oh, a gun was it like a full choke or what was it? To have adjustable chokes or just snowboards? Nope. Let her rip. Yep. Wow. So that was that was really cool. So you weren't two-shot Tyler then? or No, it, you know, I mean, it should have been because <laughs> it was one shot, and then I got up, you know, threw him in my pack and... <laughs> So, okay. Continued hunting you the rest of the day. You found the tree. It went up. You essentially, like, you know, typically I'm sure lots of people know this. You find the tree, and you're able to get a shot on him. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't the most smartest squirrel. He didn't try to hide from you. He just perched no. up or Yeah, what? I closed the gap quick, too. Yeah, yeah okay. obviously I was excited. True running. So. Yeah. <laughs> running. Tyler likes to run after stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you just dust this thing out of the tree, and it's a fox squirrel. What is it? Black yep, squirrel? It was red a fox squirrel. squirrel. Okay. Pretty big fox squirrel. Nice. So threw him in my pack, and... We continue to hunt out the rest of that spot, and we get back to the truck and start unloading stuff. And I'm like to my brother, like, "Hey, pull this thing out of the back for me, you know." And <laughs> as he goes to reach for it, all of a sudden he's like pulling on it, and he let go because the thing was like still alive oh, and gosh. holding on the inside of my bag. <laughs> so I'm over there swiveling, just trying to oh, get him off, you know. <laughs> was this traumatic, or was this like funny, or was it kind of weird? It was kind of both, you know, young enough to be traumatic, but then yes. laughing it off later. Yeah. But yeah, it was. Like, out oh, of all gosh. the instances, you know, your first squirrel, this is how it's going to be. Yep. <laughs> so. Oh, that's great. Well, I mean, like, yeah, we, we could, you know, small game hunting 12, right, for that also, right? You could shoot one with a shotgun. Now it's different. But, I mean, even when we were 12 years old, like, I remember the first, I mean, I I grew up watching lots of stuff die. Like, I would take along and deer would get shot and, you know, you do the processing ourselves and gutting and, you know, the tracking, like, all this stuff, like, growing up around farms. So, like, you know, you get the those you know, cows that produce milk but then they can't produce milk anymore you know that's something you end up eating so like 
you know, I grew up seeing that happen with pigs and chickens and all this stuff. But even the first time I shot something of size, you know, Tweety Birds and stuff like that, I did that growing up. It was a little different. Yeah, who didn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's a, I mean, yeah, Red Rider was terrible. And then you get to the, I remember, dude, I was dangerous when I got a pump pellet gun. Oh, like, I was pumping oh, that man. thing 20 times to get that <laughs> yes. make a difference. Loading yeah. two BBs, yeah. one down the barrel. and so We grew up doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, but I remember the first deer I shot was... Definitely an odd experience for me, and that I mean everything went. I didn't have like a squirrel trying to live in my back right. all the time. But, He's just hanging out for a yeah. bit. So I mean, you got in that twelve years old, you were very prepared for that, and that was, and it, it didn't deter you. Like I have a brother that you know, he's first deer he shot. He's like, you know, I'm cool. I don't need to do that again. So I mean, each one is different, and yeah, I mean that's crazy. First, yeah, just squirrel. like my brother and um, his niece. I think the first time we took her out, she was like four years old, and it was. Uh, like a hiking backpack, you know, like mm-hmm. a carrier for her. So she sat either on my brother's back and then eventually when she got too heavy, switched over to me. But yeah, she's holding up rabbits and she knows the whole yeah, circle of life. Yeah, it's just a way of so. life. Exactly. Like it's been a way of life for you. It's been a way of life for me. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. So um, I guess we can kind of go forward a little bit. Like then once we're in high school together and like buddies and knowing that you hunt and do all these things, like I didn't really know the extent of small game hunting you guys did. Yep. Um, Cause I just knew, Oh yeah, I got your board. You go out back, you kick some brush piles and maybe shoot a rabbit or two. Like, and then, you know, I had went with my uncle who had some beagles and we had a couple spots we went to, but it was pretty much like, Hey, we're going to this one spot. Like we'll let the dogs run and you know, you hope for the best. And like, I mean, I had no idea what a good dog was or, like, we didn't know that. You just went out and had fun. Like, and some days you shot, you know, quite a few rabbits. Other days you chased dogs all day. Like, that was just kind of my taste of it. And then, you know, fast forward five, six years, get a driver's license and, you know, friends of school. I'm like, hey, like, I'd love to go do that. And I can drive. They're like, oh, yeah, you're in. Like, mm-hmm. we're, you're driving. All right. So. And that's a lot of people's experiences with rabbit hunting for the first time. It's like. I only ever went out and, you know, stomped a couple of piles and I never got to experience hunting behind a dog. And I'm like on the complete opposite side. I'm like, I probably can only put on my hand five, you know, less than five times that I've hunted without a dog because mm-hmm. it's just not as fruitful, obviously. But just, I mean, we're getting to the point now where we don't even actually like hunt. We just let the dogs yes. run, you know, so. I was going to say it's trans, it's went from when we were younger, like how many of these rabbits can we get? Kill everything. Like, that yeah. Let's, you know, I think you grow as a as a hunter or as a kid, like you mature and you know, there's a reason why there's bag limits on stuff because you know, when you're a kid, you're just like, this is awesome. Like, this is a cool thing. And then you, you know, you do those, you know, I got my limit before you kind of a thing. And then you're driven because you want to like, I'm going to go over there and get it. But yeah, I remember the first time I went with you guys and we had a, you know, a handful of dogs and I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, we, we did that. I can't, you know, I don't necessarily remember. I mean, there's lots of stories in between what we did and, you know, a lot of learn. But I know we've always, even at a young age, we've always been communicating really well with each other. That's the thing, you like, you know, when you're really a group of guys, like, don't we care about the dogs? Mm-hmm. There's number one. Nothing's more important than us, your friend, and a dog. Yep. So, like, even though we were, like, let's get our limits or we're very driven by that, we still are very, you know, smart. But as we've grown, we've matured to, like, 
let's have let's just fun. Like let's go sit. We can go set other people up in spots where yeah, they can we get take some shooting people. going in and yeah, do yeah I don't necessarily have to shoot, but if I do, you know, mm-hmm. I'll yeah, let the hammer down. You know, so. some days you wake up in the morning, it's like I feel like we're taking this gun and it's going down. We're like, yeah. let's do this. But then yeah, there's a lot of times we don't even shoot anything, you know. It also comes down to how you feel about how many rabbits you want to clean at the end of the day. Because yep. it can be pretty tedious. I try and uh Get as much as I can as far as me off of rabbits when I harvest them. I'm not just kind of like cutting off the back legs and back straps and, you know, calling it good. I yeah. take You're the, the time first, to take you, you showed me how to, you showed me the, um, that it is possible to treat that the same way as I treat whitetails. Yeah. And for me, I don't know if it's bad or not. Like I always looked at that as kind of like a lesser animal from like a eating perspective and like, it's it's a to me it was just like a rodent like kind of a thing and then exactly you know, being, what they are the potato are. chip of the yeah, exactly. animal kingdom they have so but uh, then you know going with you and your dad and like realizing that this is like a way of life it really like inspired me and then you know we did that through high school and I had a lot of fun doing that and then we kind of we both went to college and life kind of happened and we kind of we still like, communicated you know but we never really hunted that much and then all of a sudden like, I, I I had my son Henry and he got to the point where. He was like three, two, almost three years old, and I was like, I need to go do this again. Like, this is awesome. Yep. And we did that. And, yeah, like the the desire you had for rabbit hunting grew from high school to, like, you as your adult life. I was like, dude, this dude is, like, committed. Part of my identity. Yes, yep. exactly, which is cool. It's inspiring. It's fun. And, um, you know, then it, well, another thing I want to say, like, when we grew up in high school, we played football together, and we would find fields to goose hunt on, and – we would be like, all right. I'd be like, Dad, can I please take your truck to school today? He's like, why? I was like, well, you got the truck. We can put all the decoys in the back. And we would meet before school. All the shotguns would go in one truck. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, we had shotguns in the parking lot. Like, well, we never thought nothing of it. Like, we just had everything in there. And then we'd be like, oh, I hope practice gets done early tonight because we're <laughs> yeah. like, it's a great night. Geese are flying. And we would just hop in the truck and bound to a spot, run, set decoys, and we'd shoot geese after school. I mean, we would go turkey hunt before school too. Like we just have always done this stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's just, and then that, that was like a lot of fun from a like good, clean fun. Yeah. It kept us out of trouble. Yes. I would say for the yeah. most part. <laughs> and then, uh, so then as we get on to our adult life, I kind of, I get reintroduced into it. You had never stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, you I mean, I know you had a, a, one of your dogs had passed, but you guys got another dog and like you kept right on going and I got back into it and I, you know, I've had spots where I can rab a hunt, you know, and then it was like, all right, I'm back into this. This is fun. It's winter time. Like what else can we do? And I realized with you and your dad, you guys got a lot of spots. And that's, what's nice about it too. It's like the spots haven't changed much in the past decade. I would even say to where we can go back to them every year and, you know, we kind of know how the, the layout is and how to approach it and how to have fun. So, you know, we're not out there just it's it's rare you can actually get skunked rabbit hunting i would say you'd have to really try to get skunked and go like to the worst spots but once you kind of get the layout of what they kind of hang around in yeah you can pretty much find them yeah everywhere. you guys understand terrain like you understand what kind of what habitat you need for rabbits yep. like me i kind of always thought oh the brushiest spot or oh this or that well there's a lot of not all that stuff's created equal and like you and your dad kind of have a good feel for what that looks like and I got to tag along and totally took advantage of like, I'm, what are these guys doing? How are they walking? Like, where's a good spot? Cause like your dad just has a knack 
for knowing where to go. I mean, I feel like he can see tracks from the side of the road better than I can. Yes. Even he's like, oh, there's some rabbit tracks right there. And I'm like, I don't even see that. It just looks like snowfall. But yeah, sure yeah. enough, you get out there and it's just. Yeah. That dude's probably missed more rabbits than I'll shoot my life. Yeah. Realistically. You know? And he doesn't, I mean, he misses, but it's not like he's terrible. You know, <laughs> there's usually they don't have a chance when he sees them. But I think that was a big thing for me. I was like, okay, like we got to have a lot of spots. And once we learned what we needed, I am not afraid to knock on doors. So like we kind of transpired and I ended up getting a beagle myself and. I was like, dude, this is great. I can take my son. Like, you're talking about how your niece would go. Like, yeah, you can go with a kid. And, like, grand, you have to know your kid, like, what they can handle. You have to be, like, a responsible adult with, like, temperature and clothing and all that. But, like, I would just throw them on my shoulders and walk. Yep. And I just wanted to be Carry out Carry them over all the do that. sticks and stuff you like that. You can't really yeah. do that deer hunting. You know, like, deer hunting, you can have a kid come with you. But, like, you can't. You got to be quiet to an extent or, like. I never once felt like I was limited having him out there and he's out there learning how to be, you know, look for stuff and be in the woods and learning this woodmanship, like this way of life that we've grew up as. And, uh, yeah. And then I, so I kind of got the desire to like, let's do this. And then me and you really kind of went on a tear. Like, yeah, we do this every year, a couple of times, like we'll just take a day, maybe we'll run to a spot that's little and we'll just let the dogs run. And we're like, today's going to be the day we're going to knock on doors. Mm-hmm. And, We've gotten some really good spots just by doing that. I think having a, it's kind of the right extroverted personality too to be able to approach someone in today's world even and knock on a door and kind of present the way we're we're doing it in a way that's not like we're gonna go in your property and you know shoot the crap out of everything. It's like we're gonna be respectful, leave it cleaner than we came in, you know, and be in and out, and you won't even know we're there, basically, unless you hear a few shooting, you yeah. know, a couple shots right well, now. Well, we kind of, like, got a good way of scoping the property out. Like, we, yeah. fortunately, we hunt air, a pretty good area of space. So we, excuse me, we know these areas. So we're like, okay, we have a good feel. These people like deer hunt. So, yep. you know, you, you you go approach the place and be like, hey, we're just looking a spot to run our dogs, chase some rabbits, like, and we won't do it. And if this is after deer season, we'll say we only do this after the first of the year after deer season is completed. And a lot of times they just, they're like, oh my gosh, I love seeing rabbits. Or I love seeing dogs run rabbits. Like everyone loves that. Like, um, you know, not everyone, but some people do like it. And then, you know, you have to kind of determine how the property is. And I mean, I think you've kind of got the niche for finding the places that we can't hunt, but they let you run the dogs. Mm-hmm. And that is like super, like that is still awesome. Oh yeah, people that have grown up without any kind of idea of how beagles operate while rabbit hunting, and then they see them for the first time, they're like, "That's how they bark," mm-hmm. and this is what they do. It's like, yeah, and they are built for it, and they absolutely love it. If you want to see a beagle be its happiest, it's not sitting in the living room on the couch, laying down, you know, or whatever, bumming around. It's it's out there getting after it, and I mean, well, nothing gets me more pumped up too than seeing my dog get pumped up and seeing mm-hmm. his tail start wagging and hearing how hard he's sniffing the ground or, you know, any other dog, and you call them all over, and then they all get on the track and then just start tearing it up. It's, yeah, a complete different feeling. That's something I never get sick of. You, yeah, it's very fulfilling. Like if you have that mindset, like even for our buddies that go and never have done this before, what a great way to get people into hunting. Like you're like, hey, like it's usually abundant. We can kind of, we, we, uh, cherry picking spots is not maybe the right word, but like we try not to hit the same spot twice. So we like getting to the point where we have enough different locations and that's private land, that's state land. It's all these areas. So it's like, Hey, we got so-and-so that wants to take along. Let's make this a great experience for them or that's older gentlemen, that kind yep. of thing. And like, 
there's easy access, like, you know, you kind of direct traffic and help them out. And no one's not smiling. Right. Like, you hear a dog get after it, and they're all pumped up, and you were sitting there talking to them, and they're like, oh, it's happening. Like, <laughs> you take someone new that's never whitetail hunted before, like, I can't necessarily, like, I mean, I'll hunt all year with a bow and gun and maybe have one, two opportunities at a deer that I want to shoot. Like, and they give you that feeling of, like, that excitement. And that's, and that's my like... excitement. But there's a lot of days that I get kicked in the face. Like, yep. you're bru- you're cold, it's rough, you're tired, and you go out. So, like, introducing someone into hunting that way, I mean, even if you do take them into a gun blind with a heater and that kind of stuff, like, that's just not the same experience. Like, when you're doing this, you are outside yep and you are in the elements you're in the thick of it you're having fun you're shooting up with your buddy it, it literally is like the deer camp of small game hunting i feel like yeah and the same goes for wildfire hunting but like we just like love rabbit hunting it's and, such a community thing i mean last year we had a guy who hasn't been out in years and all of a sudden he's like dude when can we go out again like it's like yeah as soon as they're out they're hooked on it too and they know that we're going out every weekend basically mm-hmm. so they're if your schedule's available, you know what we're doing, dude. Just, you know. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like, it's good, clean fun. And, yeah, I guess we can kind of transport how, like, our year went for that. I mean, I'm trying to think. I've been, so my son's seven. So I, this is probably my fifth year getting back into it. And um, I guess how do you feel, like, the year went, like, overall? It was kind of a, would you say it's like, a different year? For I didn't us? like the weather. But yeah. this year actually taught us, I would say, a lot about our dogs that, you know, we don't normally see. So, in Michigan, you normally get a steady layer of snow on the ground to cover from, you know, the first of the year through the whole season. So different dogs operate in different conditions. And we had strong storms, and then it would melt off entirely. So we had bare ground we were working on for, I'd probably say, half the season. It was like heavy snow, no snow. Heavy snow, no snow. Really cold in February. And then it just kind of petered out. But through all those periods of time, our dogs actually flourished in the conditions with no snow when we thought that, you know, we're like, oh, we'll just see how it goes today. And they're barking the whole time. And it's like, wow, they're they're doing really good today. Yeah, we, there's been times in the past we don't go because there's not enough snow. Yeah. Guess yeah. what's never going to happen again? Yeah, that. basically. Yeah, we're going to be like tearing it up now mm-hmm. all times. But, yeah, we had uh, the day that comes to mind, my favorite day this year was um, we were in that grass field kind of. And dude, we dropped the dogs and they didn't stop barking for how long was that? Yeah, there was no lapse between they when when they were off one and on to the next one. I mean, and we were killing between that too. So I mean, someone else saw a rabbit go another direction as soon as we shot that one dead rabbit, dead rabbit. Call them over. Yep. And Get them on it. Got going and they were circling them great. I mean, yeah. It was just, and I think we only shot probably three or four rabbits. Yeah. Even and that with was your my younger favorite. dog coming through. Yeah. Like, and that was, was my favorite day. Yeah. This like, year was like a big progression mm-hmm. for him, I would say, as far as like getting the gist of everything. And I wouldn't necessarily say and slow down because he's a puppy and he's got a yeah. lot of energy. But yeah, just the, the three dogs we have right now are. They're hitting their stride, I feel like. Yeah. We have a really good mix. Yeah. They pack up really well and uh, honor each other. So. We are not beagle snobs. Yeah. Would you say? We're not, not about running a fast dog and no. trialing and all that stuff. It's strictly like I don't know if snobs is the right word, but like purist. I don't know what word, whatever word you want to say. Like we're not so into it where we have to have this pedigree or this type of dog <laughs> or like who cares how fast. The, oh, you know, this dog didn't circle. We don't get into any of that. I got my dog because the guy previously said that he was too slow for him. So we're just like. And I'm like, that. no, no not slow. We don't care. We yep. just. I get what what is important to you for a good beagle dog or a um, good rabbit dog. What just do you like? Really, realistically, being able to circle. Um, I don't really care about holding a tight line. If they run good checks, 
you know, if they could, if, you know, that they can keep on it or even jump themselves too. That'd be another good aspect. But just that and being able to be called off at one point too. And I think this past year for me was like getting better with my dog as far as doing that and moving him in, you know, kind of really helped strengthen that bond between us. So yeah. I know he's definitely going to be more for listening to me when I call. And it's, it's hard too, because like a lot of instances, it's like, I just really want him to run it out because I know it's a rabbit and I know I want to, I want to see what he can produce out of it. Because most times, even if the rabbit's like in something besides a hole, he'll get him out of it. So mm. it's like, you know, just let him go. Don't, unless we're like moving to a different section. I don't, I don't normally call my dog off. We don't care how many rabbits we shoot. We just care if the dogs are having fun. Like, and to us, that means they're, you can tell, like they're circling good. They're, they're vocal. They're loud. They're doing their jam and we can sit back and shoot the breeze. I mean, we talk about some pretty intense stuff. Like it's a good, it's good for us like to be able to do that and have that. But yeah, for me, like I want a dog that when I say here, it comes like I want a dog that I can walk on a leash and it's not going to try to yank my arm off the whole time. So like yep. we really focus on some of the smaller details with our dogs. And like, like you said, you're, you know, you're in the position now where you're going to spend a lot more time with your dog on a day to day basis. Like, I mean, I have my dogs and like they sit, they, you know, they wait to eat their food. Like they're, mm-hmm. they, they're, you know, they're part of the family to an extent. Like, um, they, I want them to know that, when I say let's do something, they're like, cool, let's do it. Yep. But I also don't like, oh, jump a rabbit and 30 seconds into it, like start screaming at them and zapping them and doing all these things that, you know, you could do. It's like, let's let them things be dogs. Like see how they, you know, turn out. They're bred for rabbits. I mean, they're not really bred to be house pets. And I think that's another thing too. A lot of people don't realize is like generationally through our lifetime, that has been, everyone's had outdoor dogs and then, all these outdoor dogs are all of a sudden everyone's having this huge swing of having indoor dogs. So it's like, Oh, you know, you're cruel for doing that. And I don't know, just the traditional side of me says that keeping the dog outside doesn't give it the temptations of what's inside to Mm -hmm. distract it from what it likes to do. And so I know for, yeah, seven years, my dog was an outdoor dog. And then it just happened to where I was in a situation where I was moving. So, um, another buddy we hunt with is a huge houndsman and mm-hmm. he's like, dude, the temperament of his dog, like of your AK dog, you Tony know, Tony Hill, that yeah. dude is a houndsman. Like he's going to be on here. Like his dynamic. Yeah. He's, he's like, like next level above us. <laughs> <laughs> he loves them dogs. Well, them dogs are like, they're different breed. Like yeah. what, how they like to operate. Like they're tough as nails. Like, yeah. I mean, they're chasing bears they're chasing bobcats they're doing all those things. So a little different aspect of a dog, but yeah. It also taught me I could bridge that gap and, his temperament really, you know, allowed me to bring him in and I still know he's very well motivated to run rabbits and yeah. not really distracted by what's inside. So, yeah, he loves it. And, uh, you know, we do use, you know, our Garmin collars that have shock mode. I think sometimes like, I, like when I approach people, I mean, most hunters probably understand this, but there's some people who hunt don't know anything about having hounds. Like that tool of that shock collar, it's not just a shock collar. You know, you have multiple settings on it. You can vibrate. You can tone. You can tone in different, you know, you can do all these things different. There's there is like a uh, stimulus for a shock, and you can go all the way down to 1 to, like, 18. There's, like, all these levels. And, like, it's such an important tool. Like, A, I can teach, train my dog more efficiently. There's no, there needs, there's no, like, I don't have to yell, like, and, like, intimidate my dog. Like, right. There, you know, you can use this as a tool like, hey, this is what you're not supposed to do. You can vibrate tone and then give them a small stimulus and you work your way up until you get a reaction. 
And like, yes, I have held them things and like full tilts, you know, quite the thing, but you don't ever need to be on full tilt. No. And we do not abuse those things. So like, it's just like anything else in life. Like you have to be responsible with what you have, but them collars, I feel like keep dogs from getting hit by cars. Mm-hmm. You can keep them from running deer all over the place. Like That's you what train I was going to say. Deer, the two biggest know. fears for a rabbit hunter are, since we live in more rural areas too, in some some instances, it's like a split between farm and then coming into the city. But yeah, you just worry about people that aren't looking for that kind of stuff all the time, or that would, yeah, not even care if they we hit can a dog watch or our not, dog so. which way they're going. Yeah, we're like there's a road over there. We need to either a call them off, mm-hmm. or b we can get in position where they can see us and call them off. And then last resort is a stimulus when they get really close to the road. Yep, and we our dogs are not abused by it so they actually you know receptive it. to it and man the the headache i mean i remember like i said i only did it for a few years with my uncle maybe only two and then i did it with you guys a couple times in high school you know for that two-year period mm-hmm. what a nightmare before we had those dogs up and like find dogs and you're just like you'd lose dog like people lo- lost dogs because of that and it's like you know, they're not just dogs to us. Like, they're no different to us as, like, anyone else with their pet. Like, we still love them. We still care about them. We, you know, we make sure they're fed and watered and, mm-hmm. like, they're part of the family. Um, yeah, we go do something like that that, you know, maybe puts them in danger. Someone may say, why would you let them do that? Like, you know, because, but it's like, you don't understand. They love this. And we love it. Like, this is a thing to do with them. And them, like, that is why we do it because of the dogs. I would not yep. like to rabbit hunt. Like I know we're kind of single on rabbit hunting here, but this is our jam because of the beagles. <laughs> yep, and the dogs. Like that is just a fantastic feeling. And I guess we're just kind of, we, we've been we've been talking quite a bit the last couple of weeks, like how it's like we kind of wish we kind of want small game hunting to be great again. You know, to an yep. extent because we're you know we're seeing properties that uh, you know you've hunted in the past and like we've hunted and now they're getting you know developed or you know, bulldoze in like a spot, like to most, it looks like just like this feral field. And to us, it's like, that is a lot of good memories. That's a great opportunity to be outside because we want to recruit people to do this because we love it. And, uh, yeah, they're just, it's just getting bulldozed. And that yep. seems to happen probably like what a couple of times, a couple of properties a year almost. It seems yep. like, but luckily, like you said, we have enough in our stockpile of places <laughs> so we can, Oh, we haven't tried this place in a while. Let's see how it looks. And yeah, sometimes you get really lucky and they'll just be, so fruitful and you're like yeah. well we got to go back here now because this place is yeah, it keeps us kind of motivated i think too to an extent but yeah we want small game hunting to be be great again because there's uh there's a lot of kids that are you know going into high school or you know in their teenage years middle school years growing up they don't they don't know what this is no not at all and they like, have no to, idea of that round. They just know whitetail hunting. They know November 15th. Yeah. They know you know the but, rut and all that. They have no idea what it's like to be yeah. outside and, and this involves you know turkey hunting geese hunting waterfowl all that stuff um and then the rabbits but it's like yeah they don't understand what it is and my fear is the as you know that trickle effect of small game hunting goes away that's just going to slowly weep its way into deer hunting because like yeah i the first thing i hunted with a gun was small game yep or waterfowl that was now that wasn't now i was probably going to be a deer hunter in any any anyway but like it still was something for me to do and it helped me learn how to have uh proper gun control because you know when you go with a kid with your dad or your uncle or whatever buddy or someone that takes you you can be right by them mm-hmm. you can teach you you can learn how to be a responsible hunter you can have all that stuff like you're safe and all that i would say that too know, because right? it really ingrains like 
a lot of the safety factors and like safe places to point your gun and being in communication to know where everyone is at, knowing mm-hmm. your shooting lanes, knowing where, you know where the dogs are. So there's a lot to factor in, and it may seem a little intimidating, but it's really you know not once you kind of you're out there and kind of experience it for yourself. It's yeah, and it's explain how you feel when you see a rabbit coming. Well, that, that well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned gonna, that. We're gonna bring up the two shot Tyler here because <laughs> <of, laughs> it's something amazing. I think when you're already like your eyes are like just looking for any kind of movement and your ears are just ready for any kind of brush rustling. And it's cool when you can approach a brush pile and you're like, I know there's a rabbit in there just based on kind of how it's built. And yeah, you can step on that one and you're like, Oh, well I guess not. And then you move on to the next one and, or something you didn't even expect a rabbit to jump out of. And then there it is. And it's like an instant, you know, your eyes are wide open and focused and, you're hollering out for the dogs if you didn't start the dogs yet. and So you, like how I equate it, I, I like shooting rabbits and I have fun. But, like, you get way more worked up than me because, like, this is your thing. Like, I love it. But, like, I equate it to, like, how he approaches every day and every place we go is how I would, like, equate this to how I deer hunt. Like, bow hunt specifically. Like, I, like, we kind of, like, have a game plan where we're going to go, you know, for conditions. And, like, it's, like, how I pick the right tree. Like, yeah. and then I go with that tree and I'm, like, this is the spot. Like, this buck's going to come by or the deer's going to be here. But it takes me four hours to see if I'm right or not. Mm-hmm. You get that in, like, minutes. Yeah. And you can do it multiple times a day. Yep. So if someone like you who is, you know, high energy, loves to walk, active guy, always been, it fits your personality so well. Yep. And it also fits my personality who uses it as more of like, a, like I'm just having fun. Like I want to lay back. Don't get me wrong. Like there's times I'm like, dude, I'm, I, Tyler's always showing me up where all these rabbits are. I'm like, you just watch this. My little 410. I want to show you how it's done or my pistol. And a lot of times I'm wrong. Like you said, you just feel like you're like, oh my gosh, it's right there. This brush pile. And especially my son. I'm like, let's go walk over there and see. And it's just, it's just like such fulfillment. But you get like rabbit fever. Like I you said, it's fever. that time where you can like, have that time with the dog circling the rabbit so you have more time to think about it and you're yes. like well he's either going to come here 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 yes so i only have like these opportunities to shoot and then i feel like nine times out of ten he comes in a situation you don't really expect so then yeah that's where you're like i he need to put this a, rabbit down and, and he uses a pump and i don't know how you shoot twice as fast as you do i turn that pump into a semi-automatic yeah, you do. It's, it's impressive fast as i can pull the trigger i'm yeah dumping rounds into got the brush that. And yeah, two shot Tyler is legit. And that goes for rabbits. That goes for ducks. That goes for turkeys. I feel like also yeah, first turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's on it. And that's strictly because he just loves it. Yeah. Like it's fun for you. Like, yeah, I'm razzing you a little bit, but yeah, it's always like, sometimes you can, you know, just miss know. to get him running a little faster is what yeah. I like to say too. You got the brush buster, you know, yeah. <laughs> give him, Oh, you want to give him a fair chance. Yep. That's why. Yep. Oh, that's great. But no, that's why, he, you know, that's always been that way. And I love that passion. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's why you guys, like, you want to hunt with people and do things in this life with people who are, you know, like-minded and also, like, you don't want them to drag you down. Like, you want it to be, like, this is a fun, positive. Every time. And it doesn't matter if it's 8 degrees outside or, you know, 60 and sunny and no snow. Or like, if this you're is super successful or not. Yeah, we don't care. We're like, this is great. Like, this is, and it's so healthy. Like, 
for us as men, like in, you know, females and all this stuff, like they have this thing that we can go do and you feel so fulfilled at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love everything about that. And the it's the dead of winter. There's really not a lot going on. Like the Super Bowl just happened, you know, so sports is kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a basketball watcher, but yeah. more football, obviously. And so you're like, you know, what else is there to do? What else is there to look forward to every week? Every week we have an opportunity to get out there and take a walk in the woods and, you know, and see do. some... And I do deer scouting while I'm right Yeah, on. Yeah, that's the other part, too. It's a double-edged <laughs> sword, yep, so yep. you can do some shed hunting. And mm-hmm. I've actually, yeah, found my first shed. It was a two-year-old shed yeah. this year. Yep. Pretty sweet. To a spot that we always looked at and said, oh, man, how do we get to that spot? And another tool we haven't mentioned yet that has been absolutely crucial to what being able for us to um, access different properties is OnX. And since we've got in on that, and, you know, you're like, oh, let's see, I think – this person might know someone or like it's a name that I recognize. So you can yep. knock on the door and kind of approach it that way too. like, Hey, so-and-so, you know, if you know so-and-so and that kind of makes it easier for someone than knowing or saying yeah. a complete stranger to allow on your property to hunt. So, and for anyone who's like, you know, wanting to do this or get into it, you don't need to. So like, there's lots of stuff out there about how to find like good deer hunting properties and like what you're looking for and all that rabbit hunting. You literally can have a great rabbit hunt on like two acres. Yep. You know, you have to be smart about where that two acres is located, but you don't need a lot of cover to have multiple rabbits in there. Um, so when you're looking through like, what do you like, you know, what do you like to look for in a property when you are like an aerial or when you drive by, like where do you have like a couple of key things you like to see? Yeah, I feel like number one's thickness. It's got to be like the right height of the brush line yes. where it's like not so much like a one or two foot gap out, you know, where it's like they got to have areas that they can weave in and out of. And it's not just like kind of like open running. They got to have heavy cover that mm-hmm. they can get to that no other predator can get to them at. And it's still semi open, but. Yeah, it can't be so thick like you. It's almost like you got when we walk through it, we have to like weave. Yep. through it like you don't want it like those like raspberry patches yes those can be good but like if it's just strictly raspberry and bramble like rabbits are there but we never really like have as good luck if we have like pockets of raspberry bushes with like f- dead fall downs or like low hanging shrubs and yep. like we don't really like we've circled rabbits in open woods but we don't really find them in the open woods yeah so and it's it's like they're in the brush but then if they get kicked out they'll run a loop out yes. in the open but that's rare. And I think another thing we've been fortunate of as well is being able to grow up in apple country. So yes. you get all these apple farmers that generally want the rabbits gone. So they're more than happy to say yes to allow you on their property. And I feel mm-hmm. like most of them have setups where they're like field, they have like the windrows and stuff like that. They have the brush and the cover just for the trees specifically, but then also it houses tons and tons of rabbits. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think in like dirty dirty uh apple orchards not yep. like the well manicured like yeah yeah you can you can Overgrown hunt alongside sure. so like you, the the well manicured apple orchards or anything we treat those like crop fields like because yep. the rabbits will go out there and eat and live we want to find the cover like butts up to that yep and then but if you can find like an older apple orchard like one that's been the family they maybe don't primarily use it for income and like those don't have to be big either like those can just be like an overgrown spot we have a spot that is literally I mean, how long ago was that apple orchard? 80 years ago, it looks yeah. like. And it's a great spot. And it's on state land. And yep. we got a couple of those. Like you just, but you find those by walking. But when, so yeah, when you drive by, you've taught me that we want to find like, we want to find cover that is low 
mm-hmm. and not necessarily like the whole thing is like that. Like a grass field is that's one thing. Like that's great. Like, like you said, you got to be able to walk through it. If it's yes. thicker than snot, and you're like, oh, the dog will get through there. It's you know sometimes it's still not lucrative. Yeah, and, and like almost there's not as many. Like they don't just chill on that. Like they're usually on the edges of that. So. Yep. And then they're a big thing, like when I'm looking on an aerial map from walking these properties with you, if there's a crick system yeah, that runs through it. But not too wet. Like it can't no. be like you need kind of like a basin where deep. like yes. the water kind of leaks out from the crick if it's just a crick and they're, yeah. They'll move into like swampy areas when it's frozen. Yep. You'll get that. But like that's only like, that's got to be cold. So like a lot of this year, because it was so warm, we had some spots that we've had good luck in. We walked quite a bit and didn't find any rabbits in those spots because yep. it was too wet. Like, they will cross water. They do do that. But, mm-hmm. like, if they don't have a spot where they can eat and be dry, they're not going to do it. So, like, when a swampy area that meets up to, like, an egg field is frozen and you got, like, you know, people know what I'm talking about. You got all, the, like, the canary grass that folds over and, like, makes little pockets for them. Exactly. They'll hang out in that when it's all frozen. But, like, this year they were, it was like a wasteland. No yep. rabbits. Cattails, no. That's Nothing because they need to, be, need to be frozen. So, like, take that into consideration and then i like to look from aerial like i like to look for like windy swales mm-hmm. because like you're saying like you know pockets where the rabbits like to be in and it's also really good for our dogs to circle rabbits because you don't want to have like this this giant chunk of timber or cover because the rabbits just oh, excuse me bush lights get me but uh cover where they just go anywhere like we like to go to a spot and be like kind of strategic and like hit this area and give our dogs like the opportunity to have a good hunt. Like we kind of like start from like we, one side and work our way through. And... We strategically handle these spots. I guess yep. is what I'm saying. So when I look at a map, it's like okay, we can access here. We have a nice spot that runs through, and we can, you know, there's a creek system or some sort of like not like necessarily flowing like heavy flowing of water, but like drainages and stuff like that. Rabbits love that. Stuff. Yeah, the ravines. They definitely yes. love hanging out in the ravines that are butted up, like you said, to ag fields because they have all those that brush that just builds up in there and mm-hmm. um yeah and like you can find and another good thing about some of those spots they're not necessarily like good deer hunting spots wait uh, let me back that up they don't hold deer mm-hmm. so like we can get permission on like they're good for like gun season maybe when deer are running all over the place but it's not like we go rabbit hunt spots that have like we very rarely see deer yeah you rarely jump a deer if it's a good rabbit spot it's a good rabbit spot specifically correct which is good because that means we can get access because mm -hmm. it's not like this deer mecca you know which that helps out it's also like the part of state land it's at it's like a little pocket that people don't necessarily like when they look at a map they're not like oh we need to hunt right here they're like always walking somewhere else we find this like little off secluded spot that we can hunt so I like that too. Another, another thing you've mentioned with um, scouting, um, probably the best time of the year to do it's the winter by far. Driving around in the winter because things look a whole lot different in the summer. You may drive by and be like, "Oh man, look at all that vegetation! That looks so good." And man, I see rambling really, that person's person's lawn every day. Yeah, you should drive by <laughs> it in the winter and take a look at it because it won't look the same. I guarantee you that. And mm-hmm. another thing I think I look for is how much um, snow can like hold on the brush too so if you get snow that can pile up on the brush and create more cover that's good but if it's like sparse brush with no snow holding on top of it then yeah it's really not gonna be it's not like the snow that is there for a day or two it's gotta be like a week yep you like give the rabbits an opportunity like move into their spot and then you know once they can hide in those spots from like predators 
hawks and you know owls and these kind Foxes of things and coyotes Foxes. makes it a little harder for them to get through than they eat you know the bark and all that that's another sign to look for yes. too like so if you're driving by a country road and you look into the brush in the winter they got bark tore up on like the bottom two feet mm-hmm. of a all all of the stuff around you you're like okay there's rabbits here. here we go yeah and another thing too is my dad taught me full moon nights so if you drive around on a full moon in the winter better too because you can actually see them as you know they'll come out in the full moon and hang out so you'll drive by and you can just see rabbits sitting out eating brush safest yep. time of the night you for them learn, to do it yeah, and they can see spot, so. yeah, they can see and they can kind of see what's going on and we um we've also experienced that i think this year it was uh we were going to hunt that ravine and it was a full moon like the night before and we're like look at all this rabbit crap like and look at all these tracks like the sign was amazing <laughs> the signs were there but the rabbits weren't and we just figured they were out all night so yes. there's no way we're going to see yeah, that many they're all that day. Up. So, yeah. Yeah, not every day is created equal. Nope. Like, it's just like any other kind of hunting. Like, we 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 have a good we have a good feel kind of now like it's going to be a good day so then we kind of pick our spots based on that so it's yep. like it might not be the greatest day let's go explore like let's go hit this spot state land that we've kind of talked about we don't like it's just like whitetail hunting like if you have like a good a good spot where a buck likes to hang out and you you know he's a late october early november you know activity you don't go in there and blow the place up the first two weeks of season. Like you just sit back and like use your intel kind of for that. Yeah, like we you don't said, we, we don't learn just, like kind of like the scenting conditions. So that's yep, the thing that with running dogs too. You're like, well, what's it like today? Like, what's the is the snow like crystally and just like not good for like packing? Because when it gets that little bit of a packing consistency, you just know that holds a little bit of moisture in there, mm-hmm. and that's what helps the dogs you know get that scent a little longer. But if it's dusting and just super cold, then it's not the best, but we've, I mean, still ran dogs. Yeah, we learn, we learn how to hunt in that circumstance. Like yeah. we know that, Hey, we might actually have to like different spot out of the wind. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Find a cover spot or like maybe cause like the one day, like we had the really good day where they ran nonstop and then we went to, a, we didn't have necessarily, it was kind of a nasty day and we went to a state land spot that we've, you know, we've known about and wanted to try and we went there and dude, them dogs hammered Yeah. again. And you know, we only shot like two rabbits, but like they were doing great a spot we've never been to before it was like this is perfect but now we have archived it's like we should probably actually do a better job at journaling our stuff but like we yeah. have just a feel for like what area is good i mean there is so many different types of stuff you can hunt rabbits in i feel like we always talk about that though like <laughs> it's the day before so where are we gonna hunt oh you know here and there and we kind of strategize and oh how'd we hunt that last year you know compared mm-hmm. to how we want to approach it this year so that's another cool thing about is just the camaraderie is get, getting together with a couple of people and yeah, just figuring out a game plan thing, rather than yeah. like you just by yourself and you're trying to tell someone else like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. And they're yeah. like, cool, <laughs> I'm not going to be there. So yeah. why do I care? <laughs> yes, exactly. I think, yeah. So like get out there if you want to, um, if you want to do this, like, and you want kids, like everyone I know that likes to ride behind his beagles has no problem taking people. Like, and you can reach out to, you know, there's, there's Facebook groups, there's places like that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, um, I'm trying to think of another thing. Like we do occasionally, like there's, there are like derbies or like that kind of thing where you can maybe like, you see that's going on. There's a bunch of people there. Maybe just go there and kind of introduce yourself or reach out to that club. And usually someone who's a part of that club is big into it. So that's why it's there. So they can maybe point in the right direction. I mean. But you don't need dogs to rabbit hunt nope. by any means. It is because you can get into it, you know, doing the brush stomping and stuff like that. But 
it is a different level when you have that dog and it's good for, it's good for you. Cause I mean, that's responsibility for a kiddo. That's all these things. And like, it's work. It is work. Yep. Like I put a lot of effort into my beagles and opposed to like a, you know, I've had labs and I have, you know, pointer dogs and stuff like that also, but like, it's still a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. I think it's just one of those things where we just don't want it to stop. Yeah. And I think we want to encourage, like, we're like, as we're growing older, we're like, man, we, more people should do this. And I, you know, I don't think that I'm trying to think like how I'd feel like if someone else had permission to hunt a spot we had to hunt, I wouldn't be near as upset about it if it was that compared to deer hunting because you're like, Hey, someone else is getting after it because guess what? They have dogs and those dogs are having the time of their life. Yeah. And so some circumstances like you may be able to talk to them and say, Hey, can we run dogs together? Yes. And yeah. People are very welcoming. They're not like, and I think that's another reason why I kind of like rabbit hunting so much is the deer hunting community in Michigan specifically is like toxic in a way that uh, just that yeah turned me off to it a little bit and hearing all the stories about oh yeah guys will shoot your dog no question guys will shoot your dog no question that's why I don't run mm-hmm. until Late. January 1st because I give everyone their opportunity to shoot a deer and then I'll go out and hammer down but another so, thing I liked about that too is the sustainability I mean rabbits are prevalent and at the rate we harvest them, I was actually able to not have to buy chicken or with shooting two deer this year as well, not buy beef for a good period of time. And, you know, that's saving a lot of money in the long yeah, you run. You supplement a lot of yeah. your, your intake and is with wild game, and that very, includes rabbits. Very comparable to chicken, I would say. Mm-hmm. If you've never tried rabbit before, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And I either would parboil it to try and get as much meat off as I can and then cook it in like a soup or a chili or, I mean, you can just kind of lop off pieces and wrap them in bacon, and, you know, that's always a good route to go to. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> Everything's better with bacon. But, like, yeah, what, um, so for you moving forward, like, I guess what, overall, our harvest of rabbits this year was probably the lowest it's been. Yep, we weren't out killing like we were. I feel like a lot of weekends we were just saying, let's get the dogs running, dude. Let's just yeah. get out for the dogs. Like, so. Yeah, we, we did that, and then we took a couple new people, and yep. we kind of, like, primarily focused on that um trying to get them to shoot a rabbit we, you know getting them in positions yeah, and, and we sucked with no snow like we sucked the dogs did yeah. great we just didn't know what to do it's so hard to see them without snow that's yeah, another factor so we didn't too. set up correctly so now but it's also i think this is a really good year moving forward like if we have a similar condition year i think we have a, like a really good like idea of what to do oh yeah and what kind of terrain to hunt with that yep i think it'll be awesome yeah, we're <laughs> i like, mean we already are like dude that spot we've like seen that spot we just never really like asked because we're like oh maybe it's, it's not gonna be that good but now it's like with no snow that probably would be a dynamite spot yep um so yeah there's those kind of things but yeah i want to kind of get into like what do you like to, what's your weapon of choice i we got two different kind of like how you handle like your weapon and gear compared mm-hmm. to me is like pretty different so oh, i want yeah. to kind of break down like how you operate like what you use like i don't want to say you're cheap but you're like you use stuff and if it ain't broke you keep using it oh yeah there's a pair of carhartt bibs that i wore the crotch out of and every other place that hit the brush for years before i switched to another pair but i also had like non-insulated bibs that i'd run on the warmer days and then insulated bibs that run on the on the colder days. We're so. talking years. Like so yeah. your like input cost to do this is so substantially less. I've never bought a game else. a game vest. My dad bought me it and I've still been rocking, still rocking the same vest. So years. I've always debated on it, but you know, once you know it and you're <laughs> yeah. used to it. And you got me who buys a new one every two years and gives it away because <laughs> yeah. it's like trying new things. But yeah, you this is something that you can do for a very affordable, like 
you get in, you got to buy a pair of bibs or yep. you can buy a pair of brush pants, whatever, but bibs work really well for you. Like I don't like bibs. The price but, for bibs and brush pants nowadays is very comparable. Yeah, very comparable. So like I rock brush pants. I do, um, you know, you gotta, you know, there's different. So I would say like a proponent for bibs is you don't wreck your knee high boots as quick cause you can wear your yep. bibs over top of those. Um, I, with my brush pants, I never was able to really do that. So like I toasted some nice boots because, I was walking through knee deep snow and, you know, yeah. did that. So I kind of translated to like wearing gaiters or like something like that just because I'm, I run hot. So like when I'm walking all those miles, I'm just, I don't wear long johns. I'm just like a pair of brush pants are good to go. You're like wearing bibs and just freaking killing it out there. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how you do it, but everyone's different. So I mean, yeah, you got a pair of bibs, you got a pair of boots that you've wore for years. Yep. I mean, Typically you got like vest. knee high muck boots are pretty good for that. Yep. We did rock like when we were younger, those like military grade yeah. Mickey Mouse boots, yep. but they're so heavy. Yeah, so heavy. Yep. And I mean, one, one thing about those too, is they hold temperature so well, like snow would be melting and falling in my boots. I remember growing up and it would just be walking in warm yeah, water. Warm like, water. <laughs> Nuts. So now what for a weapon? Like what's um, your go-to? Started out with that 410. And I think that's just what helped me take my time and, you know, make sure it was a good shot. And then my dad bought me a 20 gauge Remington 870. And I mean, that is like, yeah, the gun for me, obviously. Yeah, still. Like you've been rocking that thing this whole time. Yeah. But um, I would say if alternatively, if people are interested in spending a little bit more money in the the rarity of the ammunition, just hard. I think it's hard to find as a 28 gauge. But a youth model 20 gauge is super light, super compact, so you yeah. can um, kind of navigate the brush and stuff like that a little bit. And I guess there's kind of different ways of hunting about that too, now that I think about it. There's the rabbit hunters that don't do anything and let the dogs do everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's guys like us that like getting in on the brush and then jumping a rabbit out and then getting outside of it and positioning if you're ourselves. you're a football player, high knees, high yeah. knees. Yeah. You know, we're doing that through brush. I mean, it's a great workout. Like, yeah, we're we're in the thick of it still. Yeah, you know, we the, are that way. Like, we're in it with our dogs. Like, it makes it makes me feel good because I'm like, I don't. Our dogs can jump rabbits, but we're like, let's get this party started. Like, let's yep. do this. And I think that's because we grew up being brush busters for deer drives or you, you know, rabbit hunting. But yeah, and so I will you have a gun. Every... You have a gun that you have. You got your dad got you as a kid. So take it, if you're a younger guy, listen to this. Yep. Give the old papa, grandpa, or dad Christmas elbow. Christmas gift hey, Christmas idea. Gift. Yeah, and you can rock that thing until you're an adult. Like, and those those guns aren't horribly expensive i no. think for you know getting started into something yeah, like that. one buddy too. who got kind of we brought along a couple times this year he did it and he went and bought a pump gun on sale for like i want to say it was like 300 bucks yeah like and they're multiple less. use too because yeah, i've shot my first lot. turkey with it that same 20 gauge and yeah very universal yeah super universal and then, uh, you do have a pistol that you'll use a 22 pistol yep actually a couple of years when we just started when we decided we wanted to run the rabbit or run the dogs more and not shoot as many rabbits it was just a fun way to get out there and still shoot but not kill so pistol day yeah <laughs> well, and pistol day only or the one did... day i did shoot a rabbit i was so pumped like i mean yeah. the rabbit wasn't running obviously and he gave me two shots at him yeah. but i'll never forget that yeah, day. good memory yeah we've done single like single shot day we've done you yep. know, pistol day you can kind of you know do that kind of stuff but yeah i mean you can get into this you know really affordable and then i've kind of like i'm kind of like a not like a gear like junkie but like i'm like ooh that lever action 410 that'd be a sweet rabbit gun oh throw a red dot on it like so you can kind of like customize it to however you tailor it to however you like to do it so like yeah i primarily rock like a 410 lever right now that's a really sweet gun what shot do you use in that 410 so that's a good question so i have always used i've always been the proponent like four shot or six shot with like i grew up with a 410 pump 
um, that had only a full choke. So I usually shoot like six or seven shot with that. Mm -hmm. But then with the smaller guns, you know, no choke, the four shot has actually been pretty good. I mean, you have to be on it, but four and six usually is what I've used. Um, I am running out of both those. So I'm going to probably use them like seven shot this year and just see, I need to just go and pattern it, but I haven't, but like, Mm. Like I said, the more you kill, the more you got clean. So like, yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, so like learning how to, you know, do that. But yeah, primarily I use I like four and six shot for that. Um, I can only shoot two and three quarters through it. But yeah, I, I so I mean, I got a pretty nice gun. I mean, but I can still beat the tar out of it. I don't really care. Like, it's we're not you know super like stingy on what we do. Cause like he's like he said, we brush bust. So like, yeah, and if you take care of it, I mean, it'll last long lasts time. a long time. And my then, my gun know, just has like a little bit of the wear marks on the wood from where I've held it for years. But yeah, and I have a pump twenty gauge. I have you know twelve gauge. I have all these other things and like, but yeah, I four tens like a lot of fun for me and a twenty two semi automatic uh, pistol with a red dot on it. That's my jam. I like carrying both those things, and I think. I gravitated towards the pistol right away when I started taking my son, just another yeah. thing to kind of help with that and a lot of fun. And you can get pretty proficient with that. Like, I mean, I've shot my limit in a day with a 22 yep. pistol. Like, you know, you can do that in a lot of fun. You just got to be, you know, don't give your kid a 22 pistol right away. You yeah. want to, you know, cause like those bullets go farther and you know, like that there's a little bit of that going on. Like, yeah. I need more of like the basic, small caliber, like the smaller, like the larger gauges, I guess you could say since it's like 28 gauges, like the highest I would say. When people bring out the 12 gauges, I kind of laugh at them a little yeah. bit because I think it's a little overbearing. But 20 gauge, uh, two and three quarters, six shot is like the Money. perfect bullet. They, yeah. I mean, like, problem with the 12 gauge is because, like, there's days when I, like, because I have, like, a nice, fun, you know, my gun, 12 gauge I like to bring. It's like, oh, we're going to go here. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to try to kill something. I kind of <laughs> suck with it because, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just a different animal and you're like, yeah, you just, it's not fun as fun to carry. So, like, yeah, I kind of, like, gravitate away from that, too. It doesn't take a lot to kill a no. rabbit. And when you got a 12-gauge, you really got to kind of be well, conscious that, of how close they are because that was my you next could question cut them you. in half. That was my next thing for you. I think you don't like 12-gauges, not because you think someone's a sissy because you're using a 12-gauge or anything like that. It's more so, like, you're... Well, I want to humanely kill this thing, and I want to be able to eat it. After. Yeah, when I'm processing it, I yes. do not want to so, pick out pellets. That's yes. the other part. So I think that's why you're like 20 ages more enough. And like, I think you can, I think you could do it with you know a multitude of things. But yeah, like a 20 gauge is really good, and it helps you get through the thick cover. It's like that really versatile round. But yeah, from a gear perspective, you need a game vest, you need a pair of bibs or brush pants, a nice pair of boots you can walk a long ways in. I mean, and people like, still rock jeans and just insulated yeah. stuff underneath them, and you yeah. can definitely still get through because those jeans are pretty tough. Yeah, but you can do that. I just know that I've been stuck so many times in my thighs in my oh, life. Gosh. <laughs> I'm those over that. So just tear a dude That's up. actually one thing I've been looking at changing this year as far as my gear setup is getting a pair of brush bibs, still rocking bibs, but not just Carhartt. They're more like, uh, what's that brand that... Oh, Dan's. Yeah, the Dan's. Dan's style, they're yeah. like very much more geared towards yeah. rab hunting and stuff like that because so you think are nice. You think you're actually going to have some bot before this year. Yeah, it's just the, you, it's the mobility been talking of about it. Because you can talking, move so yeah. much better with that kind of stuff. And like the Carhartt stuff, it's pretty bulky and I can't pick my knees up as high as when I'm trying to get over stuff. old, that's why. Yeah, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tripping over myself a little okay. bit, but... And the wear and tear and all that stuff starting to really add up. So yeah, yeah. That's cool. So that's kind of be your like. I guess what's our kind of goal? I guess for this fall, we wanna. We've been talking. We definitely want to get this summer. We this have summer. a goal to kind of, besides avoiding all the ticks, is get out and run the dogs at least in cooler temperatures, just to give them, you know, more of a off season scent, so they can run in completely dry conditions and see how they fare then. 
and also keep them in good condition because yeah. people also talk about like how do you have your dog like you know hang out all year and then you're out every weekend running him hard for like I don't, how many miles can they run a day like up to 10 it seems yeah, like a lot. so it's yeah. like they're running 10 miles and then they're going home and then they're hanging out for a week and then they're back out next week and it's like yeah. I feel like if you can condition them the right way, it's almost just like an athlete. You feed them the right food and yeah. you give them the right amount of exercise. And yeah, there's not, and they're motivated. So, yeah. I mean, it's a dog. If it's like, we know when enough is enough to yeah. like a deep snow. Like and you can tell when they're it. slowing yeah. down. So We're not like, let's go crack the whip. Or, yeah. But yeah, we want to try to run them maybe a couple nights or something. Do that. So that, yeah, yeah we're going to start with that. A week or whatever, like, or something. And then, uh, we want to get a couple more pieces of permission. So we did like Tyler was talking, like we scouted some spots out this winter and did drive bys, like just took a day and did that. Um, and then, yeah, we, we knocked on the door. Of, they weren't home. So we yeah. know, well, we'll just go back when we yeah, see a car we're not on the drive. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. We go back multiple times. There's yep. been properties where I've been told no, and I just keep, Persistence pays yeah. off for sure. And then like, we start out with, well, can we just run our dogs? No, I don't know. Maybe, but not right now. And then next year, can we run our dogs? Just, yeah, sure. Go out there, run <laughs> dogs. You see them out there. And it's like, hey, there's a lot of rabbits. Are you having trouble with your flowers? Or you're having trouble with your little garden? Like, we can maybe shoot a couple. Yep. And then, you know, you might get that. But yeah, we want to. So I think the biggest goal is like, let's get our dogs going this summer. See how that is. Mm-hmm. And like ticks for you, you're worried about ticks. I'm worried about poison ivy. Oh, like that's my. <laughs> but I'll I think pick we'll ticks fine. off a dog all day and yeah. I, you know, well, you don't poison get poison ivy. ivy so me, that's so. my thing for that. But yeah, we want to do it for the dogs and then yeah, gain access to a couple other spots and then um, uh yeah, get that. So I think if we get two to three more spots that are private, mm-hmm. I'd be really pumped going into the fall. And then yeah, obviously we explore state land. That's just one of those things. You just yep. get spots marked out. We we'll always hit a couple of those in the fall or the winter. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of our goal for that. Um, and then I want to kind of like, what's your deer hunting goal for this year? Because you did shoot. I want to get out and bow year. hunt this year, actually. Yeah. That's one big ambition. I've been in school for so long that takes away my fall and all my focus there. So it's like I want I want the opportunity to see if I can get back in and sit. For my deer hunting season, it was literally one day. I was fortunate enough to sit on opening day and shoot my eight point in the morning and then Go inside and you know have a bit of a some coffee and some breakfast and then oh yeah I'm gonna get back out there because I know there's deer out there and get back out there and shot a doe at night so yep. yeah it was pretty you're dangerous pretty like, lucrative you've always been dangerous also I didn't like, put yeah. any of the work in that other people do to kind of do that and I want to see if I can go and scout out an area and put up a stand and see what I can see out of it and see if I can actually turn that into something as opposed to like, oh, I just know I'm going over to this property and I know they got deer, so. Yeah, and you've been kind of watching that aspect from a distance, like some of me and you have talked a lot about it. (laughs) My brother too. Your brother, like you're like, ooh, I kind of like this like adventure. It's like like a little mini adventure because like you figure a spot out and you get the reward for that. So I think it's, as you've gotten older, it's like, hey, I see the value in that a little more. Well, like you said, too, like you see how pumped I get about rabbit hunting. I see how pumped some people get about deer hunting. And it's like, I, I can get that. behind that. I want easy. that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need some of that in my life. Yeah. But, no, so there is one thing I do want to talk about as we're kind of closing this up. I had um, uh, uh, James uh, Hibbs reach out to me for uh, BHA Rendezvous. Uh, that's backcountry hunters and anglers. Um, do you have you ever heard anything about that? No. So I don't know a lot about it, but I you know just talk on the phone. I've heard it talked about a couple different times. Um, something I'm interested in, but they're actually doing a rendezvous um, in Michigan in a few weeks. It is going to be at the Looking Glass River Sportsman Club in Landsberg. 
Um, it's a opportunity for um, families and people to go spend some time together for the weekend and share a passion for the outdoors. Um, they're going to have some education. So I kind of like to talk about this because we kind of talk about, like, let's get people into hunting. Like, yeah, I love the community. Do that kind of, of thing it. for it. So like, actually what they're going to be doing is they're going to have some education sessions on like butchering. So like for me and you, we kind of grew up butchering our own stuff. Like mm-hmm. your dad helps out at a local butcher. So I mean, like you, I've processed, I think I've only, I think I've only had two deer my entire life get processed by someone other than me. And one of them was because it was out of state and you can't bring, Mm. you know the brain matter back of cwd and the other one as i shot it really early in the year and i was like i'm so swamped i don't have time to like i don't want the meat to go spoiled so i paid for that but um so yeah they're going to do some butchering sessions there's foraging uh they're going to talk about some out-of-state hunting stuff there's going to be dnr reps there explaining what have um what they've learned from the first year of the whitetail harvest report the mandatory so like for you you have been out of hunting for a while and then this year you had to come in you shot some deer how did that how did you like that oh i mean i was probably smiling ear to ear like the pictures show too how happy i was yeah. that day and, and then when you had to check in the deer with the you know the harvest report like that the was mandatory. easy that was yeah, super easy, easy. people yeah. make it seem like it's a big deal it literally took a couple seconds the yeah. only reason why i took longer is because i didn't have service so. but yeah they give you the grace period so like yeah for me i love it yeah. And like watching the app and we've talked about like how many deer got shot like it's a super cool tool well, so. like you said that meetup sounds really really interesting too yeah. because for as much as we stare at the ground for everything i need to learn how to forage because i am yeah, so true. we're not like we're now. not the greatest with that <laughs> yeah like i i feel like i can pick up some berries you know and stuff yeah like there's that, some but... good stuff so yeah they're going to talk about the white tail harvest report so people are interested in that they also have the 3d archery course open for people who want to you know bring their bows and do that at the place um, and then there's going to be raffle, there's going to be a free dinner on Saturday night. And then there's also camping there. So, I mean, you could literally make this like a fun family getaway thing. When is that? And do that. And, uh, the date is, I do not remember the date. I want to say it's in three weeks. I mean, that'd be um, perfect realistically. Cause I wanted a summer camping trip to kind of yeah. cap off the end of the summer with, and it's perfect to kind of bridge right in before the real season starts. Yeah, and if I don't, that, I, so. yeah, that's something we can talk about too because I don't know what I have going on. I know this is kind of last minute. They kind of talked about being a little last minute, but he just reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, I know you're doing this uh, Michigan Wild podcast now. Like, do you mind like just kind of getting it out there?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Like, I've you know, I, I would like to know more about backcountry hunters and anglers, but like, yep, I think if you're trying to get people out outdoors and doing that, like, I don't see the negative in that. Um, Nothing can, would be more fulfilling than to have like a full bag of stuff. Like for the first time this year, I tried a mulberry. Someone had a mulberry tree and I'm yeah. like, what, what is that? And <laughs> like, oh, you know, birds eat them and stuff like that. So I Google search it and it's like, oh yeah, it's safe to eat. So, I mean, I picked more than I've ever picked in my life yeah. of any kind of berry and I was just smashing them. I'm like, I can't believe that. How many times we walked by that? Yeah. You know, like, like raspberries too. and mm-hmm. stuff like that too. But and, if you guys want to find more information about this, you can just go to Michigan's uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, Facebook or Instagram account. And then you can also go to uh, www.backcountryhunters.org slash Michigan and search for their events. Um, and then, yeah, I, I if I do find the um, the date per se, I, didn't, I forgot what that was. I know I'm terrible. I'm new at this. So I didn't save the date. But, yeah, if you're interested in it, you can reach out to me through Instagram. I'm sure they have it on their the sites event will have it, too. Correct, yeah. But I think it's in a few weeks, So, which I know is kind of last minute. Like, I might have something going on, but it also sounds like a great time, right? I, I mean, my life out like two weeks ahead Yeah, I know, time, but our significant so. others are the ones that yeah. have stuff. We're very free going, but yeah. 
I think that would be a cool thing. So I think it kind of ties in with what we're talking about today. Like, let's just make small gaming, small game hunting great again. Like, get people out there, enjoy it. Because we had, we've had so much fun doing that in our life, and it's so rewarding. Seeing my, other people get into it. My son loves it. Like, yep. it's a great thing. Like, you know, in the wintertime, it's hard to get kids outside for long periods of time because, you know, you sled or do those things. But, like... We literally go out in the morning, you go get breakfast, maybe get a snack, go out, do hang some out chocolate for a milk. Yeah, yeah, do your thing, go out for a few hours, and then, like, you can get lunch and go out again. Or, you know, he just walked three miles. Like, there's been times that little dudes walk three miles, you know, and it's a good workout for me, too, with carrying a kid on your shoulders. Yeah. And a gun, it's good. It's just good overall, like, outdoor fun. Like, and you can get people into that, and I think it's a very important thing. Like you said, too, like, getting a kid out there, it doesn't necessarily have to be. You can be the person to be. Oh, let's get out there first light. You know, as soon as shooting hours start, we're going to get out there and hit it. And rabbits are out there. But you can also, like, take the time. And we were getting out, like, 8 sometimes, mm-hmm. like, 7 or 8 o'clock. Or, I mean, it gets lighter later. So even 9 o'clock, I think we pushed it some mornings when I was running super late. Yeah. But we'd still have successful days. Like, yeah, you can run till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, I mean, I've never done, like, evening hunts, but... I'm sure they're just as yeah, lucrative. We did, I actually did those when I was little. That's what me and my uncle would do quite a bit. We'd actually go out last like a couple hours at night. Um, and I don't remember why. I think it was just like he had picked me up after on the way home from work maybe. And like we would just buzz over there after work and go run them. And like, yeah, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good summer for us for that. Yeah. For preparation and everything. And it's just, hard. you know, it's hard because if you get this bow hunting thing going on, yeah. you're going to be like back burn, like not like back burn is wrong. thing Cause you still have your dog to you take care of and do those things. But you're going to be like, you're going to really like, you're going to have like right now you say, you know, we got from January 1st to the end of March is like our rabbit season. And yep. we try to go once a weekend. Sometimes it doesn't work, but I mean, primarily I think it happens like yep. more times than not, or we might do two days on a weekend, you know, and, but yeah, we try to do that every weekend. But like now, what you enjoy the outdoors twenty four seven pretty much. Like you're you like to go fishing. You're, we're working outside now. We're man. working I absolutely outside. Love yep, it. yep, exactly. <laughs> he is working with me now, so you know that's a cool thing for him. But yeah, we're construction workers. But I mean, you got this whitetail thing. Like it's gonna there's there that whitetail season is a little longer. So I mean, from a prep and like all that yeah. stuff and scouting, like you're gonna be able to take advantage of like those days to do that and um. I think uh, the summertime stuff. So, like, for me, like, you try to, like, I'm in a little different spot in life because I've been married for a while and have a little kid. So, like, you try to allocate time. And, like, for me, small game hunting is really easy to, like, it's on the back burner, on the back burner, on the back burner. Don't really put too much effort into it. And it's also like, oh, here it is. And it's always there. And yeah. I can just go do it. Like, I don't need to put this immense amount of prep work into it to be successful. I don't need to do, like, all those things. Um, so, it's really good with a family because you can go, like you just said. You can go at nine o'clock. You can go at ten o'clock. You can go at one o'clock. You can literally go for an hour. Whatever you can go fits for two your hours schedule. schedule. So it's a really good thing for that, and it's just, it's just awesome. And I want more people to experience that. Yeah, one thing I'm really excited about too is just just the learning process. Like I have some knowledge about whitetail hunting, but like not as much as like you or my mm-hmm. brother. So being able to kind of go underneath your guys's wings and being taught like the ways about the best way to do it and how to be super successful. I mean. You can't guarantee it every time, you know, science no. could point to this is the spot and this is the time and this is what's going to happen. But that deer could just be somewhere else another day. Yeah, it's so. a different, like it's a different thing. And I really enjoy like 
this journey that you're starting because like I've helped people do this whitetail hunting thing. Like my brother-in-law, like he's going to be on, I, you know, he got his first buck with a bow and like these kind of journeys he's went through. Like we're going to, I mean, if you like to, I like to like, we can come back on and talk about some whitetail stuff that you got going on. Oh yeah. Kind of bring it up. Cause I think it's going to be really, it's really beneficial for uh, like, you've been around hunting, like you've shot deer, you've done these things, but like bow hunting is kind of new to you. It's like things I take for granted. You're probably going to be like, my brother-in-law did the same thing to me. Like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I had to like, oh yeah, I got to bring this back up. And like, it actually kind of helped me because it brought me back to the basics Yeah, and like really helped me like see where I came from and get enjoyment out of it. So yeah, I'd love to have you come on and kind of talk about things. You go, I mean, you're lucky. You might smash a freaking nice buck your first sit. That's how that happens sometimes, you know, do that. But yeah, so we do thanks for this and I appreciate you hopping on and doing this. But yeah, if anyone wants to see anything, what Tyler Thompson's got going on, you can follow him probably Instagram, right? Yeah. What's yeah, I post some stuff on Instagram. I think it's Powerline91. Nice. Yeah. Pretty so simple. You, yeah, you do pretty good. Like, no, I guess we we want to talk about this, but we do post stuff on social media, but yep. not a lot because we have a lot of people who are non-hunters that are friends with us, but they're not necessarily like anti-hunters. They just don't do it. So we always try to take like tasteful stuff and make it look good. Mm-hmm. But like you've had friends come rabbit on with us because of what you posted on that. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's also educational. Like if people have never experienced it before, you kind of lay out how it all happens and people are like, Oh, okay. It's not that bad. Like, Oh, you're not destroying the whole rabbit population. And yeah, like we yeah, talked we're not, about, we're not murderers early like, you know, too. Like, like yeah. you bring more people into rabbit hunting than, they know more people with property, so it's just another opportunity to Let's grow get more places yeah, to access. We're growing like, our community oh, of yeah, so hunters. My, my grandparents, you know, they got property or something like that, you know, and you're like, oh, gold mine. Yes, exactly. So, no, that's cool. I think, yeah, if you want to see that stuff, you can check that out for Tyler's Instagram page. And yeah, we're not, like, crazy. I think I talked about that with the passing of torch. Like, I'm not, like, this huge, you know, Instagram guy or, like, posting everything, but, like, we do like sharing pictures every once in a while and like it's a good way to communicate and reach out to us and yeah. see and like it's stuff we're passionate about, you know. We're not trying to rub it in anyone's faces. We're just trying to celebrate what we've done yeah. because it's a lot of work and mm-hmm. to get to this point, like dog training and things like that, your two dogs, like that's been a, you know It's rewarding, yeah, yeah. Like you said. And and Super yeah, so I think like the podcast, you know, Michigan Wild Pod uh, on Instagram is where probably we'll I, we might post more now because we kind of have like that as an outlet to like put yeah. stuff and send people and like see this kind of thing. And yeah, like we're not just like, I love whitetail hunting, but I also do a lot of other things. So like, this is like a cool thing. Like, this is why I want to do the podcast. Like, yep. we just sat down and talked for over an hour about rabbit hunting. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I've like ever really heard a podcast about that, like in the hunting space. And that could be because I'm primarily focused on whitetails and other things. But like, I like, there's a passion here for this and it just is another tool that, or another not tool, but another hobby to have mm-hmm. that gets can get people off the couch. It can get you outside. It can help you feel good, like being out there and doing. Yeah, that, people so. look past it, but the opportunities are there for you if you want to take them. That way, I like that. Just let's gotta end, get outside. Let's end it that way. And I like to say that I don't have a clever outro, like I said last week, but like get outside, have fun, do those kind of things. Every chance you can do that, and yeah, Tyler's one of those guys that I don't have to remind him; he does it already. Yep, see the outdoors and. There's always tons to see. Yes, sir. All right, you guys, have a good one.